0: Welcome to the annual Sundance Intercut Awards here on the channel where we are discussing all of the good in movies. Honestly, there was some TV, we got some shorts, all of the good stuff that have come all out of this it's entertainment. year. It is some of the most beautiful things that we're going to be talking about a year from now and we are here breaking everything down in our annual Sundance Awards. We have recorded our top 10. Yes. We have recorded individual reviews. Yes. We recorded everything but hours of sleep.
1: Yeah.
0: So we pretty much have everything. I'm your co host, Arturo Sorita, joined as always. I am here with Amanda and Zach, who have been watching over 50 movies here at the fest. To break down everything you need, and need to know, how's it been for you guys?
2: Pretty good. Yeah.
1: I'm not holding
3: my microphone. Where's my microphone? Uh oh. <laughs> it's been an interesting Sundance. That's sure. as you can it's see. Been, That's how yeah, long it's been. been. Long. We are on the last day of movies here. Yeah. Uh, we are going to wrap up this record, this live stream at some point, and go catch our last person you in just person don't stop, screening. Bro,
0: like we're covering movies to cover more movies. Yeah, just because we have so much. This has been a year of really good um, performances, really good scripts, really good just screening and just festival vibes in general, and that's where we're going to start it off, right off the bat, going into the supporting actors of this year, because this has been a year that has had some really good performances, either in A Different Man that had some really interesting stuff from Adam Pearson, who we have been arguing on where we would have placed him we have been arguing about the new sundance queen i think it's dolly de leon because she's been yeah. in multiple projects this year um and then we've even had a couple of other good ones that we're going to be mentioning in the up and coming but i think for this year's supporting actors we have our top five with chiwetel Ejiofor in a little movie called raw piece this man also produced and he's starring in and and a really good supported role oh, and he directed he that's directed, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been really cool to see a lot of um, multi-hyphenates come into the fest, and he clearly got a spot right there at number five.
3: Yeah, I mean, he. I think his performance is one of the things that does really stand out about the movie, because he's really, like, it's a very felt performance. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch that movie and not uh, see the the anguish he's going through and, and feel uh, that performance. To me, like, it's a movie that didn't uh, stand out that much to me, but his performance is one of the things that yeah, did. absolutely.
0: That's really good. Uh, another one, we were talking how personal it gets for a lot of people. Actually, no, this is a little different. I'm confusing the Chris's here. Chris <laughs> oh. Sullivan, a yes. character actor who's been in a lot of really big stuff, some smaller stuff. He came in for a movie called Presence and knocked it out of the park when it comes to the family members who were dealing with some yeah.
1: some crazy he stuff. He says the line, the yeah. line that tied it together for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
3: And just kind of the dad we all hope we could be.
0: Yeah, right?
1: absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the one that you might not expect based on He's this big kind of hulking man mm-hmm. but he's so sensitive yeah
0: shout out Lucy Lou. I thought you were great people in the she, was also she was she was like purposefully a problem in she the she was movie. purposely
1: a problem but it was like so much but he was she the heart of the, the family without him yeah you don't there's get there's nothing the movie.
0: yeah Uh, We had another performance that some people were split on, but even if the voice grades you a little bit, (laughs) Carol Kane, Zach, talk about why she was incredible in Between the Temples.
3: I mean, I think uh, Between the Temples allows her to kind of be all the interesting aspects of herself because she's a little bit kooky. She's a little (laughs) bit like uh, aggressive in certain situations, but she's also just very funny. And I, I, th- I think it's just such an interesting performance from her that allows her to be dramatic and allows her to be hilarious and uh, uses all, all of her great aspects as an yeah. iconic actress.
0: There's a crazy scene, a uh, dinner scene, and just the fact that everyone's imploding and she goes, tea for time, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way she just handles things is great. Um, but then we have our top two from A Different Man, a movie that we did not think would get her an award, but scooped up something w- where we didn't even know she spoke English just fluently, mm-hmm. much less was able to control it. I'm going to let you say it.
1: I think it's Renata Rantz. I think. Rantz. Reintzf? When we did the Australian Reinsf? thing, when I say Renata, you say...
3: Renata.
0: <laughs>
1: I think it's Renata, but it's like the Rantz. Re- I'm not yeah. sure. It's I'm a call The, the Irish, Norwegian
3: actress from The Worst Person in the World.
0: Yeah. played her. Ingrid in A Different Man. She was great in uh, Handling the Undead. Yes. Or I should say Good we were think, really anticipating that one. She's not bad in it. I think she's really good for
1: what she was given
0: to work
3: yeah, with. Yeah, those movies' problems are not hers.
0: But it's yeah. the supporting role here as Ingrid, where she really is like the root of the movie, what's happening with our lead actor, and then how she ends up finding another actor and uh, putting this play together. And just her, what her character doesn't know is what really makes the story. So yeah. uh, in our number two spot, Renate Rensve. Hopefully I'm saying that perfectly. I think. Correctly, yeah.
3: no. She j- does a really good job, sort of balancing between being this like alluring figure and then ultimately like a foil. And it, it, yeah, j- she she's just a little unpredictable. Did you get a little bit of uh,
0: Emma Stone in the curse? I, where, I can hear that. Which she yeah. kinda wants bit. to like do this profound play, but yeah. in reality it's
1: my character. Yeah. You exactly. Know? Yeah. She so. never admitted. And her sort of know? like
3: uh ethical grandstanding at certain points. Yeah.
0: Well, what you think she's doing? Um but number one here for best supporting actress needs to come from a role uh that's in the movie Exhibiting Forgiveness, a movie that really stood out to me. So I'm championing this one in the awards, Anjanou Ellis. She may have not gotten something for her leading role, which you would argue for in origin from last year, yeah. but here I think she gives the biggest performance in the movie when it comes to our main character doing what the title says which is exhibiting forgiveness and it's a, a big through line in this movie where you may want to forgive the person who did something wrong but many times you're busy blaming the other people who allowed it not even the perpetrator you're almost just as mad as the people who, who allowed it to happen so for me ingenue ellis taylor is the best performance from sundance 2024 moving on to some of the other categories these are some of the best supporting but zach's going to take it away with what we consider the up-and-comers from Sundance. We
3: we have a good track record. We do. I mean, this is one one of the things that's exciting about being at a film festival in general, but especially one like Sundance, which debuts so many new films from new filmmakers and stuff like that, is that you get a lot of discoveries. You get either actors who just haven't been in anything before and are suddenly like beloved or you get actors who maybe had smaller parts in a bunch of different things. And then, uh, they're given the big stage Mm -hmm. finally at the Sundance film festival. So, uh, among our choices for up and comers from this year's Sundance, uh, we, Got to go back to Exhibiting Forgiveness and uh, Ian Foreman, who's another one of the actors who appeared in two. Little tiny roles. Yeah, and he did them both. Great. He's a, a young Andre Holland in Exhibiting Forgiveness and then a young Justice Smith. Right? In I Saw the <laughs> so, TV Gloves. So he's the junior. He gets the, 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 the Sophia junior. Lillis to award. Ba-
0: yes, exactly. To our better performances <laughs> of the
3: year. Exactly. But uh, yeah, just a, an actor who uh, showed up in a couple great movies. So hopefully a lot more to come from uh, him. Uh, Lily Collias mm-hmm. I know stood out to you a lot for her work in Good and she's got that one scene she, the whole film kind of rests on her face that one scene yeah so uh, it, it's a performance that you have to be able to do a lot of uh, you know subtle acting mm-hmm. face acting and stuff like that to carry it and uh, she certainly stands out in that role uh, Preeti uh, Panigahi I, from the world dramatic yes from the film Girls Will Be Girls which we just watched this morning it's a yes. last minute vision yeah. for us but uh, really really holds her own and yeah, for I, her. I think you know, so much of the the drama is in watching her trying to navigate these situations. that yeah. she's really, really incredible in it. Um, also, won an award at Sundance. I think they gave her a special jury one. So, oh, okay, oh, nice. there we go. Cool. So, yeah, the Sundance jury agrees with us. Our top two. Yeah, let's talk about Isaac Wong from Dee Dee. Uh, the coming-of-age film that we think we all really, really yeah, loved. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the coming-of-age movie rests on that main performance. It does. You wanting to stick with him mm-hmm. and are empathizing or relating to it. And, you know, I think uh, he's able to embody all the awkwardness of yeah. that adolescent period, the uh, eagerness combined with being nervous as well. And, you know, you, you never... He, he's never too much of anything he just feels like a, oh, true, like yeah. a collection of all the emotions you're going through yeah very authentic in the role for you sure got to give him
0: credit too because what does this kid know about the 2000s yeah <laughs> right <laughs> like that's the one well, thing that's I'm the like... one thing
1: he said in the interview he was like honestly you think and it's like really not that different at the end of the day it's like it's that's you know all teenagers are teenagers you know like... <laughs> he was saying
3: the biggest difference is that he had to hit a button three times to type l on the phone yeah
1: that's you know and the struggles man <laughs> the range this boy has he is the, <laughs> the future range.
3: he did really good there but our number one yeah, we went with Maisie Stella from My Old Ass, mm-hmm. somebody who, as far as we know, hasn't been in a feature film before this. A bit like
0: TV, some music, yeah. but...
3: Uh, absolutely just held the stage mm-hmm. in uh, my old ass. She's just pops off the screen. She's so fun and uh, silly and free. And I, I think it's just a, the the kind of performance that has so much like personality and attitude towards it that yeah. you, you feel like you know the character within an instant absolutely. and really helpful for a movie like this. So yeah, Maisie Stella, definitely a lot more to look out for for her.
0: Easily. Uh, I know you guys like the kids from Presents. You I thought did. they were kind of decent. Yeah. I like the kids from In the yeah. Summer as well. But Maisie Stella... I think she's going to have a future. When you have oh, a yeah. plaza under under the wing, yeah, yeah you're, you're going to you're be good, well.
1: you know? So those are yeah.
0: our cut up-and-comers. Let us know what your favorites were down below or in the live chat. As we wrap, our third category over here, which is everything when it comes to a movie. We're not hearing these. We're not smelling no. them. We're seeing, we're seeing them. them. And we had some of the best cinematography of the year. Amanda, take it away.
1: So, so yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty stacked category. We had a hard time limiting it down, you know, even things like Sasquatch Sunset, Exempting Forgiveness different man outrun while not the strongest movie still good but it looked nice yeah we got it down to a top five it was a little bit of a fight but we got there um so in the fifth position uh, we went with love lies bleeding this was definitely one of the ones i was fighting for but i do think it has a very distinct vibe and look and it nails the fact that it feels like it's from that like 80s turning into the 90s so I, i think that it's amazingly shot they do some really cool stuff with red lighting big fan of that um, I I yeah.
3: argue that it was like a Cohen Brothers
0: movie. It looks like it. I know it's, that's it's a lot of praise to give some My yeah,
1: looks...
3: my my comparisons were more to like David Cronenberg or Nick Reffin, but the you know, just That's, fair. Bringing yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Bringing up all of those filmmakers, like they're they're all filmmakers who bring a certain level of visual panache to yeah. them. So like it's obviously in a class it's
1: in a class yeah and I, I, it's very should be celebrated yeah I like it a lot uh, then there's one that uh, didn't quite hit as hard for me as a movie but there's no denying the cinematography <laughs> of in a violent nature um, yeah. we were talking about it earlier about how you're expecting camera to start getting obstructed by twigs or random branches or grass but they had that mapped out perfectly it wasn't just like just walk randomly and aimlessly they had it mapped it is beautiful it's shot super well just certain the camera angles that you get behind people's heads or when somebody's listening it it both feels voyeuristic and not at the same time it's it's very well done there's no denying it then
3: Kill of the year, year for sure. I mean, it's simultaneously almost like a nature documentary and a slasher. Exactly. Getting both and getting them both effectively is Is hard and
1: good, yeah. Uh, Then in third, uh, this is one that we all really loved. It's What's Inside, and that's Kevin Fletcher did that one. It's just so cool. Just the way that it's shot, just like there's like the Brady Bunch scene, all the different colors that are being used, not just to have cool colors, but are directly impactful to the plot itself. Mm -hmm. Narratively. It's very cool. Uh, It just has a very it's a distinct vibe that maybe you could compare to something like a body's Bodies, Bodies, but it's actually using those vibes for the movie itself. So very, very cool. What Big did fan. it for
0: us was that car scene at the beginning when they're driving Dude. and they do a tilt and we went, Okay.
1: Yeah, I saw the tilt. I think <laughs> I mean, in my note it's like tilt. I was like, let's yeah. go. They did it.
0: There's a lot of new people here too, especially this next guy. Just
1: yeah, brand new guy. Just up and coming. Brand new guy as Steven Soderbergh. Soder- Steven. Steven Soderbergh. He shoots too many of his movies. Wow. Damn. Yeah, Steven yeah, Soderbergh actually shot Presence, and it is a movie that the premise itself is very cool, but the premise is really baked into the cinematography itself it is how it is shot that is such a cool part of the movie
3: totally and one of the things that's fun especially knowing that it is a steven soderbergh movie and he likes to be the cam op on yeah. a lot of his movies is just imagine soderbergh running around yeah, that house.
1: exactly it's a very very cool I voyeuristic <laughs> yeah yeah it's a very cool voyeuristic thing but luckily they put it on a very steady cam so it doesn't feel like they you're did. just like mm, we, la, 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 but very good so it had to be in cinematography because again so much of what that makes that movie for sure is the cinematography, but We had to give it to I Saw the TV Glow. Eric, you or Eric Huey?
0: Bruh, last year. So
1: good. Last
0: year already stole it with the 1001. Yeah. When we heard about how they did that scene in New York running through like the arrows and they're like, yeah, it was just a cameraman running down the same street. (laughs) so good. Magic here. It's
1: magic. Uh, so much of this just pops in so many exciting and fun ways that I'm sure is a collaborative effort between Eric and Jane, but you you can't deny that just that that tracking shot through the hallway of the school, just so many re- very distinct moments in the visuals of this movie. So we had to give it yeah. the best cinematography award of the year.
3: One of the few films here where you, you see it and you feel like it instantly looks iconic.
1: Yes.
0: We all have a shot. Yeah. Mine is... The TV one?
1: TV is great. TV's the hallway great. one's sick, though. The hallway one's like, sick. It's the, good vibes. When the music hits? Yeah, that's what I mean. Text, just, yeah. Oh, and it hits in. Who's the
3: third Zach? Uh, ice Cream Man.
1: Like, ice there's so man, many, bro. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it, yeah. I saw a TV Globe. Best Ice Cream Man best, best, one or two. Best one. Uh probably one. It's gotta be one. Um looking at this right here, that is our first section of our Intracut Awards. We're very curious to know what y'all are thinking in the comment section. We see that there's a bunch of people mentioning different ones, especially as they're watching at home, which I think is really awesome. I know people are really excited for Didi. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are loving daughters, which is another one that we're gonna have in a category coming up. But as we get to the midway point, any thoughts y'all want to add before I hit you? <gasps> With the Cineclash! Sundance trivia that I got for these uh, two right here. As I set that up, let me know your thoughts so far on any other categories,
3: any other stuff dealing with Sundance. Ooh, I mean, you know, we we didn't talk at all yet about the actual Sundance awards that they gave out because, you know, sometimes they feel like the appropriate choice and then sometimes they are a little bit confusing. Yes. Uh, this wasn't the most confusing no, set of awards that we've seen. But there, there were some that we were a little surprised by. Yeah. Um, obviously, Daughters being the, the big one of the festival mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense yep. because that is a powerful, powerful movie. Yes, a absolutely. really well-executed documentary that we're yeah. going to uh, talk about a little bit later. Uh, in the summers, picking up the award for U.S. Grand Jury. I think mm-hmm. we all... Uh, like the film, yeah, maybe absolutely. A little bit more than the two of us.
0: I was looking forward to the Big cast. Fan, yeah. I got
3: to be there for the premiere. If I didn't post that, they
0: might have not won. So that's like, right? true. You know, that's true. Shout man. out, them, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, But it's a it's an effective movie about you know these these young women who uh, it kind of jumps through time as they grow up with their dad and sort of seeing the evolution and how their dad acts and maybe yeah. having uh, developing bits of like jealousy over how they uh, how they were treated. I don't know. It, it very 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 interesting film. Not the film that when I. Uh, saw it or at least saw some of the other ones I was expecting for the prize because we were expecting it to go to maybe a D.D. or right. a, uh, a Real Pain or something
1: yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm actually surprised a Real Pain didn't, didn't pick it up honestly. Yeah, it did pick up
3: the screenwriting it award. It did, yeah. So, Deserved. Uh, which we will talk more about what we think in terms of these screenwriting awards uh, in just a little bit. Right next. Yeah, but, but do before we, we have st- some trivia?
0: I got some trivia for y'all. This next one's going to be uh, pretty simple. I got a couple of rounds. It's going to be all stills. I'm going to show you a very simple still from the movie. Viewers at home can already see it from the top. The first to mention it gets it. Name
1: me.
3: You already know it. <laughs> I do. Way. That's 10 lives. No. no. No,
1: 10 lives is animated. That's. No. Uh,
3: What's the other? It's the other kids' it's one,
1: the, isn't it? No. It's. uh No, I know what it is, but I can't. Three. Remember. I can't remember. Two. I just know. I know that still. I can't. You know,
0: it's out of your mind. It was so Out of your close. mind. Okay, okay,
3: good. Out
0: of my mind. I think I don't even I didn't watch know. it. There's just two family movies. Yeah, out of my mind. That would have been this one right here. Um, I heard a lot of people say that they enjoyed it. None of us saw it, but we did see this next one over here. Three, two, love lies bleeding. <laughs> love don't count. I guess you <laughs> got you with that one right there. All right, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it completely around, <laughs> and then hit you with this next one. A still from a movie. That premiered at this Sundance. I'm gonna have y'all close your eyes real quick. Three, two, one. Sounds uh, like
1: your monster. Well, I don't know what the first <laughs> one was, but it is your monster. It's a Sasquatch. I knew it was your monster, but my brain went like,
3: you, you see a man covered in that much like excess hair and grime, and you assume he's a Sasquatch. But in fact, he's a monster. Big that difference is, between Sasquatches ridiculous. and monsters. I can't yeah. believe it. Yeah. this
0: is live. I apologize to those watching. It <laughs> All right, last one. Okay, yep. close right, our eyes Zach. again. Okay. it's right. t- it's two nothing, but it's okay. We got a couple of rounds. Sure, sure. Three, two, one.
3: Uh, th- that is the greatest night in the history of pop. There you go, thank, sir. You. thank you, thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. you. That is coming to Netflix
1: not so long from okay, now. Chill. <laughs> you can get a Netflix subscription of Jake.
3: Uh, do we want to name all the actors who showed up in two movies at Sundance this year because that, we'd you like to point be, out you uh, will be I didn't realize you had m- multiple rounds Honestly,
1: okay. honestly but, the actors I don't even think were as much as some of the like repeating themes or turns of phrases and posters and
0: no actually the winner is i won't even spoil it because someone has it as a special category (laughs) so let's actually get into those before we get into the documentary screenplays and shorts we have what sundance likes to do the special jury prizes and here we have some specialer prizes i'm going to start off with the special jury prize in stunts it goes to none other than the um i would call her the female tom Tom cruise Cruise. Cruise, yeah uh thalma she did her own stunts June she squib. did her own explosions. explosions. <laughs> June, June Squibb squib at the prime age of 90-something years old came in. Car
1: stunts? Scooter stunts?
3: Yeah, but the Everything. Real thing is the, the flip over the mattress. Yeah, the point. flip See, over I the mattress.
1: I thought it was the
0: flip until she pulled that Glock out, and I was like, whoa. Oh,
1: I know. I don't know, man. Like the chicken with the, the go-karts? Not the go-karts, There's, but the, the scooter? Yeah. yeah. Commitment? That scooter was crazy. Yeah.
0: Uh, my second special jury award has to go to the best after show, and that would have been all of the howling. How's it pronounced? ooh <laughs> And they claim they hate the movie, so Sasquatch Sunset I, had us coming it. out. i than you did. Yeah, but you're <laughs> hating it in the other categories i to do. I think this has some of the best performances because of the... I can't even do it.
1: Yeah, I can. <laughs>
0: the whooping? Woo-woo! It's difficult, but we had people coming out of the screen like we were coming out of a concert. It felt like we left an astral world it's over true. here. It's true. So those would be my special jury prizes for What Made Sundance for me.
3: Oh, uh, do you have your special jury
0: prizes? Yeah, prize?
1: I'm going to go with the best theater crowd reaction uh, just in general and I think it is just a bunch of the screenings at the library because I've heard similar things about other movies but your monster just had the most engagement of a crowd that I have been in there was definitely some other ones where they're squeaming in certain moments, reactions to certain moments. Now, your monster crowd, they were in for the whole thing. Like, yeah. she does something they don't like, they're booing. She did, they do something she likes, they're cheering. It was a ex- very exciting experience to it be a part of.
3: It really does seem like it was the library theater. It was something in the air, something in the, the water, because I was there mm-hmm. for the world premiere of In Violent Nature, yeah. and that was, That's that was midnight a rowdy too. crowd. Yeah. Midnight's
1: yeah. always going to be rowdy, but, but...
3: But, like, lots of, like, applause during the yeah. kills, and... Yep. Uh, even doing the, the TIFF thing, the R for the piracy warning before. We need more of the, that at Sundance. Yeah, I need, know this is
1: supposed to be more prestigious. No, but we need Have a little fun. bit
3: more uh, crowd work, a little yeah. more or, uh, audience memorable. participation. Yeah, exactly. You all didn't like, hi, Sundance. <laughs>
0: it's, I didn't hear enough year people doing it. It, it was just by accident. That was just, just Sundance, like, yeah. It's the
1: third year in a row. Like I don't know. Get a new get a new one. Bring Aquafina back.
3: Um, so another special jury prize that I wanted to give out is the best New Jersey movie, because <laughs> weird thing.
1: There's a thing, lot of New Jersey movies. But
3: you walked out yesterday yeah. to go to the bathroom, and the last thing that came, I was like, if I see this New Jersey film
1: yeah. strip logo yeah.
0: icon
3: one more time. Yeah. A lot of movies, if the, even if they weren't necessarily set in New Jersey, were filmed in New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a couple shout outs to, to Fort Lee, New Jersey, where yeah. I'm from, too. We were watching a movie, and, and Zach goes, that's where I live, in Harper. <laughs> they show my building. I was going to say, what movie? But don't. oh my god, if there's a lot of buildings in Willard Harper. Don't worry. Um, but anyway, um, I so if we're going for what takes the crown for the best New Jersey movie, I mean, part of me wants to go with Rob Peace because that film feels so like uh, integral to the communities in uh, East Orange and seeing the uh, the passage of time and how it affects the communities and stuff like that. Um, I think i responded a little bit more though to pony boy okay which is yes, uh, very, sort of, yeah oh, yeah yeah i mean uh it's it set you know was in, it the
1: ratchetness exactly
3: right <laughs> i'm just a ratchet person but uh, jersey it, <laughs> the movie i think i think they take a little bit more jersey pride in that movie too they're constantly talking <laughs> about uh, i'm their, a jersey golden cool i can't
1: exactly. leave jersey that is a quote of the movie.
3: <laughs> Uh, Caitlin wants us all to just be generally closer to the mic. I don't know how the sound is coming through live, but hopefully <laughs> yeah. you can hear us. And you ever seen how um, uh, also always our audio ends up getting recorded and put out? And, you ever see how yeah. Elvis does it? Just trying to. I'm, or- I'm not going to show it to you, but <laughs> <going
1: on. laughs> I don't know. I feel oh. like-
3: yeah, there was too
0: many Jersey stuff. I think I counted maybe double digits in Jersey movies. Yeah, yeah. So, but last Shout time I was with Garden you, State. we drove by, bro. Y'all like the. Y'all like the original Hollywood. You have like the museum of the first camera. Exactly. So it makes sense.
3: The first movie studios were built in Fort Lee, New Jersey, not in California.
1: How did you lose them? (laughs) Texas. Uh,
0: (laughs) uh, And then we did have just like our regular tech awards here. So just some simple ones here in terms of music and sound, kind of combining them all. uh, Y'all really resonated with that kneecap OST in particular because it is the main actors who are also a freaking band totally yeah.
3: yeah i mean they they have the uh actors from the actual group kneecap are playing sort of themselves i yeah, guess we mm-hmm. can say pretty
1: much themselves a-
3: and it's also does the john carney thing and that it sort of shows them making the songs and they perform it as mm-hmm. they're making them which is yeah. just it's an easy way to kind of like get you hooked Pumped. on the song yeah exactly or like int- it behind the characters so i really appreciate it yeah
0: but then there was movies that we're awarding and they didn't
3: even have music barely any
0: sound and yet we're really effective mm-hmm. in a violent nature impresses not only with the cinematography, but there are just kills that without the sound, they're nothing. Like they're you can probably listen to the sound without the kill and it'll still be like a top one as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this. Uh, what is it? Number four pick to in a violent nature for its soundscape. But soundscape, music, and score, honestly, it should be number one, but we're goofballs who have something else really at the top. (laughs) Alex G came in for I Saw the TV Globe and has probably been the most anticipated thing that the inner cuties have been wanting to see. We were told, can you just turn on the Google Hangout? I just want to hear the score. It's so good. Let me tell you, this is the best soundscape to come out of it. It is literally a movie designed to just listen to. You could—they already have an original soundtrack for the entire thing because mm-hmm. you know the story.
1: Yeah, basically, uh, Jane used a portion. So the director used a portion of the budget just to commission songs by their favorite artists, and then just use so many of them in the movies for these maybe what feels a little gratuitous over usage in the movie for transition scenes. But it's I don't know. Flex. I like it. It yeah. works, and it's a good—it's a great flex, and it's memorable. So I'll we'll give it. But then even just the overall sound is just fantastic.
3: Bridges
0: and everybody in there. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It was 100% one of the standout things. Definitely makes the movie. It should be number one.
1: Yeah, it should be. But we'll let you have. (laughs) We'll let you have.
0: Zach and I really, really resonated with this little song from Will and Harper that plays during the credits. Um, We were discussing how it also comes from a junior writer. (laughs) From uh,
3: Michael Keaton's Michael Keaton's son. son. He wrote a bop. Yeah. Uh, We can also say what the comedian is, right? I mean, it's... But if you want to just say yeah it's a it's a great snl cast it's member. not that
0: hard to connect yeah especially when you see what the director has done before somebody who's done in a lot of stuff movies? with will ferrell yeah snl alum maybe at award she, shows recently when i saw them i was like of course this <laughs> yeah, works like, Yeah, i'm like they're at the award <laughs> shows together all the time <laughs> that will and harper song is beautiful we hope it makes it all the way until next year because it really does have a lot of heart in it and a beautiful jazz section as well uh but really shout out alex g that was a fantastic score that he did um and that's the music and sound category. Zach, take it away with your favorite category.
3: <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about best makeup and hairstyling and costumes, just generally the, the uh, aspects of production that we want to highlight from some of these films. Uh, because makeup in particular, I think, was a big factor in a lot of these Sundance movies and a lot of what made them special. Uh, we wanted to shout out Stress Positions, which may not seem like it at first, but, you know, John <laughs> Early... He just looked disgusting. covered in flop sweat. Uh, the... the the makeup that they uh, wear, as well, to kind of look gla- glammed out and stuff. I, I think th- it's a movie that could be easily overlooked for not necessarily uh, having you know outstanding uh, technical aspects, but I think the makeup does really accentuate what's going on in that. Film. You give a good point. You even pulled up with the script. You were like, in the script, it's says. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another one that we want to shout out is handling the undead. Creepy. Which, you know, I mean, anytime you're you're dealing with some kind of zombification, there's got you want to have a a solid makeup team but uh the it's the detail in how they executed some of it that i think stood mm. out I,
1: I agree like you can look at somebody and be like oh they've been lying on their bl- back so the blood in their body is pulled to their back mm. and it's just like subtle little details like that the way their eyes look like it was actually very unsettling even though like zombies are so often already gruesome it was so unsettling
0: plus they were like super stiff Looked like us at the yeah. <laughs> outside in the overflow yeah, <laughs> so, yeah hand- handling was uh it, it got that department down
1: right for yeah. sure.
3: Uh, what's my next one? I just m- in
1: missed. a violent nature. in a violent, yeah, nature. a
3: violent nature. Of course. I mean, like any look uh, any horror film that is going to feature gruesome deaths, I think you, you needs to. The the makeup can't make you t- can't take you out of it. And this is some of the most gruesome stuff that we've seen. The <laughs> oh <festival>. yeah, <laughs> there's only
0: one way to put those body parts with those body parts. <laughs> <laughs> so um,
3: yeah, I mean, outstanding work. Uh, as we've talked about Easily. before, the nastiest kill that I've seen. Yeah. Um, a different man, which it, it has to be mentioned here, not just because makeup is kind of like integral to how the story is told, but like in order to do what they do and almost like trick us into believing one actor is a different actor, it's got to be absolutely convincing. You can't they got doubt us. it for a second. And yeah, I mean, to transform Sebastian Stan into this man who has all these facial deformities and these tumors growing on his so face, I think it's really incredible work. Works uh, for the story and everything, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. But the thing, I think the makeup that stood out the most to us for the fest <laughs> is Sasquatch. <is laughs> it? No, nope. <laughs> it's coming kind of there. You, you had the reverse way with I the went sound. The other way, right? Yeah. Uh Sasquatch Sunset. I mean they they transformed Riley Keogh and Jesse Eisenberg into a pair of Sasquatches that are so convincing that it was kind of hard to know which one's Riley and which one's Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse,
1: I can tell by the eyes. Yeah, I mean Jesse, I can tell by the I- because he had these there was something, first of all, the, one of them, the voice was too deep for Jesse, one of them was too small for Jesse, yeah. so by process of elimination, but I'd be like, the eyes, I'm like, that's Jesse Eisenberg. But see, I swear I would get you get their to you, they Sasquatch.
3: And then I would forget which one's which. That's fair. Because they look like Sasquatches.
0: i yeah, no, like, they, Geico, like Yeah, like the only
1: one that really looked different a lot was the smaller one. The smaller one. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I was sure that one wasn't Jesse for no. a little bit, and then I wasn't sure. Yeah, because <laughs> then
1: are like, maybe they're doing something to make them look shorter. <laughs> yeah.
3: But like this, this is a movie that you can watch the entirety of and not know maybe you'll figure it out but you might not which goes to say goes a long way to say how good yeah riley
1: was process of elimination only (laughs) and even then it was like well maybe they made riley the short one i don't know when you
0: told me the director was one of them i was like
1: yeah the director was the big boy (laughs) big boy
0: funny stuff yeah, no, that's a that's a good wrap up for the makeup, hairstyling, and even some little costumes in there. But Amanda is very adamant on who the best ensembles was and I even had, argued for this number I one did, spot right did. I did here. have an
1: argument. Just to to mention a runner up. I'm gonna mention Freaky Tales. I know you guys haven't had a chance to, to, to catch it yet. You're about to, but it is really just really solid performances around. Not yeah. Qu- yeah. We'll Probably tweet if we
3: disagree with her. Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. But this had this retraction. The, like, everyone was here for Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. Every, you know, they were lying for Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, Jay Ellis, <laughs> Jack Champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the uh, red carpet class.
3: photographers were ready for Normani. Dude,
0: yeah. they were out there for Normani. Not, so, yeah. you, so it yeah. was
1: that one you had to mention at least. For sure. Uh, but we decided to give our, our top five a little different. We went with Ghost Light just because Ooh. it was a very moving ensemble performance yeah. from a real family. And look,
3: it's about a community theater and it's yeah. a, com, you know, a bunch of actors who are really convincing. They're so, Yeah. And they're from community
0: theater. Exactly. Exactly. I thought she was going to say Steppenwolf. And she's like, I'm from this little theater (laughs) in Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that it's also a family. I mean, you can't yeah, beat it. Can't beat uh,
1: then we got stress positions because you are just so locked in with these characters and how they build off of each other and during how COVID. they fall apart with each other during COVID uh, and kind of getting to the point where they're a little bit sick of what's going on and, and mm-hmm. in New York. So that one felt very strong. Then we've got exhibiting forgiveness, which is what uh, Art's been championing the entire time. Yeah. Uh, we got multi-generational, really kind of like strong performances there with an ensemble cast. He's
0: almost like um, tumbling with himself considering yep. he gets to talk Pretty to much. his art, to his younger self.
1: Which is great. Uh, then we had to mention. This is where we kind of had our back and forth a little bit. I will ex- explain why my <laughs> I went with the number one. I think we did decide on a tie between between the temples and it's what's inside. Yeah. Between the temples is just great. Like everybody who's in this, aspiring on all cylinders. It's all kind of really. I would say you got Jason Schwartzman and then you got her right underneath, mm-hmm. but like barely. Uh,
3: yeah, kind of co-leads. Maybe but Jason Schwartzman a little bit gets more. He them
1: a bit more of the nod just because he's the one you're following the most. But then it's all of these supporting characters from the moms. Um, from like Dolly DeLeon and I can't remember the other woman's name but she was uh, fantastic. Yeah, from the top of my head I can't remember her name but she's Yeah, great. we'll pop her Carol up. Kane? Carol No, not Carol no, Kane, not the, Carol other Kane one. the other woman. The, the other ma- mom, the other mom. She's Caroline so nice. Aaron?
3: I think that's that's yeah. her. Yeah, But then
1: you've got like the, um, the, um, Oh no! What? what oh, she the, was in theater camp. year. The That's So Jewish...
3: funny. Uh, uh, the, uh, the rabbi. The rabbi. Yeah. Thank you. The who rabbi. Are you telling me Robert Smigel, who I, is yeah. also the uh, voice and arm of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. You so answer so many but, freaking like, questions. Him
1: <laughs> and then his daughter are really great and build into it. But I made the argument that it's What's Inside is actually the best ensemble cast movie because Talk that is a it. movie that lives and dies by its ensemble cast. There, you can't pull people out of that movie and have it not work. You can pull people out of Between the Temples and it's still going to be the same movie. You could have Jason Schwartzman against one other person and it would still be that, you could still make it that movie in a lot of different ways. It's what's inside. You need great performances from everyone across the board and that's what we get.
0: I think if you put the briefcase in Jason Schwartzman, <laughs> I think you have a knockout movie. <laughs> in <that. laughs> Interesting.
1: Yeah, there you go. But I'm just saying, I make the argument that that is, it's an yeah, ensemble I mean, movie.
3: It's what's inside is. A- It's what's inside is a true ensemble in the sense that they're like maybe there are actors who have a little more screen time than others, but it doesn't really feel like there are leads in the same way. A character Between the Temples does. Yeah,
1: there's like a character that you could argue that you're focusing on a little bit more and then maybe like a secondary character that's directly related to that one, but it's still such a full ensemble. That other people are getting
0: revelations because the main character doesn't get the revelation for the audience that happens for somebody else. Exactly.
3: I'd maybe argue a little bit for Between the Temples just in the sense that (laughs) it's one of those films where like somebody shows up and you immediately know what their character
1: that's fair. and
3: even if they aren't necessarily co- like more in more than one scene that one scene communicates so much about the the dynamics and the situation and the place so I can feel that and I and would argue they're...
0: for exhibiting forgiveness because it exhibits <laughs> <Forgiveness>. everybody forgiving <laughs> in the best way possible yeah. but, but lots that's of
1: strong categories is it's the good point. Lots of outings yeah and we're still not even getting to our best
0: performances but a really quick Ooh. one here in terms of editing uh, just going down the list we had talked about how Didi really puts us into that time period and then I was finding out in my research they got the Editors of Missing. So the way yeah. Searching changed the game, they had that going here for D.D. in the early 2000s. Uh, Carla Gutierrez for Frida used to be the editor for two of the best documentarians out there. She is now leveled up to be the, the director of this movie and still got that editing award because she kills it. She brings Frida's paintings to life and the editing is absolutely fantastic. I'm a nerd, so I had to double it up with number three being another doc. Please catch soundtrack to a the Top, bro. It's going to be right there. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, But then our top two are narratives. We're going with Sophie Marshalls editing for I Saw the TV Glow. When you watch this a second time and you start paying attention to the aspect ratios and when the songs come in, it's just a full story going on there. I don't know if there were edits that stood out to y'all for I Saw the TV Glow, but I thought that the way that that movie is put together – is speaking volumes, how they match cut what mm-hmm. they they cut to when they mute yeah it's firing on all cylinders
1: yeah, that's so much of why we also gave it the cinematography you know that's mm-hmm. the editing everything everything on that movie is really firing on all cylinder for a vision
0: I'd probably argue as that number two spot being number one that's Damn, fair. did Amanda come in going you have to understand the director of it's what's inside also did the editing and I would argue
1: I don't even think I made that argument for this one you did that all by editing, yourself
0: in this movie is better than the cinematography. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, uh, The way that they're able to cut into social media, especially when they're like googly eyed over Instagram and how people um, spend that time on their phone, they knocked it out of the park. And that seemed to be like the secondary thing that he had going. If he wanted to make a Black Mirror episode, he'd knock it out of the park. Oh, yeah. Just him as his own crew.
3: Yeah, they're able to communicate a lot about the characters specifically through some of those choices, through how they juxtapose certain things. So yeah, the editing goes a long, long way and it's what's inside.
0: Now we move out of our special jury prizes uh, to three more categories before our second round of trivia, which is still really close, but we're splitting this three ways between our best documentaries,
3: what are the best in the U.S., the world, and premiere. Zach? I'll take over the U.S. section first. Uh, I want to mention Porcelain War, which is a really interesting film it's about hard. Ukrainian artists who uh, then end up joining the fighting efforts in the war, uh, and just a really great depiction of like what it's like for the people who have chosen to stay, have chosen to try and fight for uh, their their lifestyle and and uh, their country. And I don't know, I, I think does a really incredible job of balancing both the humanity and the the you know, just fraught nature of the conflict, um, but it, without doing it in a way that's necessarily like too downtrodden because it is also a celebration of the culture that these people have, Yeah. Uh, as we speak, which Ooh. was your choice for the best documentary from us, uh, the US category. Seven. This is from J.M. Harper. Yes. I believe is his name, mm-hmm. uh, and he follows Kemba as Kemba uh, as Kemba talks to other people within hip hop and also scholars of hip hop and stuff like that about the trend of rap lyrics being used in uh, legal proceedings, in courts, uh, in trials, and stuff like that. And I think I think it's a just fascinating dive into not just the culture that. Uh, rap emerges from, but also just the the you know in, <laughs> the the strange position that these people are being in, where their art is being criticized in a way that has real world ramifications. Yeah. So uh, I know you responded also to the globe trotting nature of the film too. So Very good. Uh, lots to really appreciate about as we speak for me though, uh, I agree with the Sundance jury <laughs> my favorite film from the U S section of the documentary is daughters, a incredible documentary about a uh, daddy daughter dance that happens in uh, a prison and just the, the various lives of these family members who have been pulled apart and are, are given this brief opportunity for a uh, semblance of normalcy. Uh, it just, I think it, it handles the film so empathetically and it, with such a caring high end. It's, it's really, really incredible and very emotional. So I got daughters. Amanda, why don't you tell us about the world category?
1: Okay, so for the world category, uh, we put Eternal You, which is kind of um, this horrific, if you really think about it, it I, I, on the surface level, it sounds nice. It's basically using AI to preserve the memories of your loved ones. Uh, who have passed, whether it be someone older or your child. Um, But that's kind of a really unhealthy thing to do.
0: (laughs) It's like a long funeral. It's a long
1: funeral. You never fully get to grieve the death. uh, And it's probably really easy to delude yourself into thinking that what you're interacting with is real when it's not. Um, And I know that so many of the people that are making it, and you even kind of saw it in the doc, they don't care. They're not actually trying to preserve memories. They're trying to find a way to make money. And what's like a great way to find money in subscriptions? Grief. Things that people will literally be like, if you had to stop the subscription, it would feel like a second death. Mm-hmm. And Right? Yeah, nasty. And you wouldn't want to let yourself do that. There's one thing if your loved one dies. It's another one if you feel responsible for the last piece of them dying. It's very, very interesting, but also quite concerning uh, for larger implications going forward. Uh, but then we get soundtrack to a coup d'etat. I didn't actually see this one, so I don't know if someone else wants to... I marked this you one wanna... over here. This one ended
0: up taking a special jury as well. It is probably the longest movie at the festival. It will be 150 minutes. Uh, but it is pretty much telling you how a bunch of black artists back in the 1960s were pretty much like duped or used to be a part of this big political movement, uh, especially dealing uh, with Africa. And the way that it's edited is insane. There's so much information being thrown at you. It is a standard documentary in that sense, not just for its story, uh, but in the way that it's told. So if you have the time for an 150-minute doc, soundtrack to a coup d'etat is is really crazy to, to figure out how the culture, music, was used in political ways without a problem back in the day. But then that number one,
1: The number one uh, was one of my favorite movies of the festival, actually, in Black Box Diaries, which is a very moving uh, and very hard to watch at times documentary about a woman who has literally been documenting the process of trying to seek justice for her sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Take that to the furthest level that YouTube's not a fan of us saying. Um, and the way that she has, she starts with the receipts. She has evidence. She has proof of what happened to her and the way that just because of the person who did it to her is kind of connected. No one wants to listen. We're talking to the Japanese police. We're talking like higher political agencies. Everybody is trying to convince this woman that nothing happened to her. And that is terrible. Um, so not only is she documenting this as she goes kind of live streaming, the process, not live streaming, blogging the process and blogging. Um, she's Kind of building her own legal defense around it all too, and it's just this, this process of trying to find the people that are willing to corroborate the story, stand up for her, help her. Who's willing to be on the record and who's not willing to be on the record? And it really kind of also bleeds into that bigger idea of of Japanese culture and how they deal with things and how you could have proof and somebody can still say, "Why are you standing up and talking about this? You want attention. Why are you making attention out of this?" And while it is ultimately quite funny because so much of her. Not quite funny, but her personality comes through a lot in like more lighthearted moments. And it is triumphant overall. You do do still kind of have to realize that like even if she wins, there's just the, like nothing changes what happened. But she does take the best outcome out of it. And it, it does end up feeling very hopeful by the end and triumphant that she managed to to make it through the other side and makes it so that it's like it would be so easy to say this wasn't even worth it. You don't feel like that by the end. It is worth it. It's worth with the struggle that she, she put up.
0: I think it's all good. Just heard a little glitch there, but that would be the U.S. premieres, world premieres. I have premier premieres. They have a whole other category for this, so I'll do these quickly over here. Devo, it was the story of the band where that started off, I didn't realize, as devolution and eventually became Devo, and they whipped up some pretty good songs. It's composed by the guy who's in the band, And it was actually really surprising to learn about this band that I knew nothing about that actually started with some serious roots. So if you'd know nothing about Devo, watch Devo and you might know a little bit. I thought that was pretty good. Zach really liked Girl State because he was very excited coming off of Boy State, which I still think is a little bit of the better one. But even in the differences that we have for this movie that's covering now the Girl State version of these, what would you call it, um, summer camps where they're kind of teaching you how to do the government. This is kind of showcasing what Girl State lacks. And while that is a, a good take to have, it just sadly pales in comparison to what you got to see the boys do. So I think that's my split there. But I would still say that out of the, the documentaries that were out there, you got to shout out the cast. The girls Ooh, were watching we're more movies than we were oh, yeah. in those lines. They are crushing um, it. And number one, Will and Harper. You can see where Zach lives in this movie. It's got what <laughs> we consider one of the best songs and truly is like the best friendship movie about two of the biggest creatives that we've had around for a while so Devo girl state Willen Harper um,
3: I got uh, porcelain. porcelain war as we speak and daughters
1: and I had eternal you soundtrack to a to a coup d'etat and black box diaries. Those are all the documentaries that I expect everyone
0: to have seen before next year's Sundance selections, where we also were able to guess a couple from this year when it came to the Oscars.
3: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Oscars shortlist, there was stuff like The Eternal Memory, stuff like A Still Small Voice that that debuted here and made it all the way there. Did any of the actual nominees, I'm forgetting right now if any of the actual nominees debuted here. I think they they did. I'm just Wonder forgetting that. off the top of my head. Uh-huh.
0: Or should have. <laughs> uh, moving on to screenplays. We have our top five screenplays. I saw some people asking about this. If the winner from Sundance should have been the winner. Well, let me tell you. Yeah. That at number five, we have Dee by Sean Wong. A story that obviously feels very personal, but was told in such a great way because of its period piece. And uh, definitely deserves a spot right here at number five. We also have from a different man. Aaron Schimberg co-wrote it or wrote it and directed the movie and I thought did a fantastic job I just love his um sign-off which is I made one good movie I made another one that didn't do well but the critics kind of liked it and I think I finally have something to say here um and the themes in the movie are very apparent in the script our top three, though, go to Titus Kafar. Again, Exhibiting Forgiveness is a powerful film. I thought he put his heart and soul into it. And if you wanted to see something tiny from him, check out his short film that he worked on because it's kind of like a precursor to what this movie is about, Shut Up and Paint. Fantastic, fantastic script. But then our top two, I'll mention it, y'all talk about it. Jane, yet again, coming up in the top two for their script for I Saw the TV Glow.
1: Yeah, so Jane, uh, shown run, I think, and that's probably not fully, but so. close enough, close enough. Uh yeah, the the screenplay for this is just so uh, poignant in so many ways. Like when you watch it, it, it's very clear that it is relating to their personal experience and their um, kind of personal journey in terms of um, um, gender identity. But it can also be applied to a lot of other things as well, whether it's just your sexuality or anything else that you feel like you have to hide about yourself and not live your authentic life. So I do think it's really going to connect with the people that it needs to based on that script and I think so much of what you end up seeing on screen had to start on the paper. Yeah. Uh, for how tight it is, for how effectively it all comes together, I do think it really has to start with the screenplay uh, and they knocked it out of the park.
0: And we kind of have them swapped here. We have Jaina number two but they'll be number one very soon. When number one here had to go to the one and only. Jesse Eisenberg, Zag, talk about why this is easily the best script of the fest.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just such an empathetic version of this story one that has space and heart for all of its characters from all their different situations and it, th- there's no characters here who kind of exist simply to be a foil or or to be mocked or anything like that it really is interested in everybody's story in in a really open-hearted way uh and it's a story that is one that's been impacted by generations right by, by history and by shared and personal traumas. And I just think you know to articulate all that is pretty remarkable. And to do it also in a film that isn't dour, that isn't a a complete depressing thing that has lots (laughs) of humor to it too. That's just, I'm thankful for that,
0: yeah. yeah. So that is our best screenplays of the year. Just some really good stuff. There's a bunch of honorable mentions as well. But we're gonna wrap up this section before some trivia with what we've been calling a short's pause. Alina has gone through all freaking eight categories of the shorts that are here at Sundance. That's her thing. She's the hero. Removed the winners. So she was going through all of the the shorts and uh, anything that won got removed and became its own category. She scoped those out, got those as well. There are movies from an Obama here. There are movies from big filmmakers. None of those made your list. Tell me what did.
2: (laughs) All right. On my top list, I have Bob's Funeral. It is a nonfiction short. It goes through uh if you can open up the little tab yeah uh it goes through jack and his life with his grandfather and his father uh i don't know if you remember i binged all this director's shorts that were on vimeo uh (laughs) this one delivered just as well so at my top today uh the next one also a doc i was very surprised uh so this one they say there was an alien that was kind of discovered in a forest There's a secret that's been kept for 30 years. This director goes, and she kind of interviews people from the village, and it's actually a pretty big deal. Okay. So that one was very good. Hopefully people can catch that one. This one won. This one won. Uh, So did Bob's Funeral. If you open up the little toggle, I can tell you exactly what they won. So Bob's Funeral, the first one I mentioned at the top, won for the Nonfiction Short Film Jury Award. And then The Master... Piece, the masterpiece won for like the whole thing the grand jury like it won the whole thing and very well so because it deals with a wealthy couple they are trying to recycle like an old tv and then they meet two dudes they're like hey we also have a washer and dryer at home we have this at home and then all of a sudden as they're trying to pack stuff into their van they're like hey what's that you have in your van that might be more valuable than everything we've given you so that (laughs) one's that one kind of gets into the nitty-gritty of class The Looming was actually in the Midnight Short category, Mm. and this one deals with uh, a guy, Chester, right? Yeah, Chester. He is using, like, an Alexa. It's called the Luna, and feels like they're, like, listening to certain things at home and realize that maybe it's their dementia, maybe it's not. Mm. So that one's also in the Midnight category. They won. Yeah, Masha won for directing. And then my last one is called Bust. It is about a trans cop doing a bust in New York City. Hmm, so, nice. they're, all, cool. they're all great are... films, yeah. Alright,
3: thank you. So. Appreciate it for yeah. the short's pause. And just like we were talking about earlier with Didi, you know, that's a, a short filmmaker who just got nominated for an Oscar and is now here at Sundance with an incredible feature film. So these are the movies that you're going to want to watch to find out what the next great filmmaker might be. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, also a reminder that if you can't
3: you were saying <laughs> they, they, they're not going to get that you're joking, though. You I'm know like, you're joking.
1: We can't hear you. you were saying, well, <laughs> just I'm in not case. sure my
3: microphone is, is picking up as well as yours is. So but.
0: if it sounds like that, I think then uh, just be aware that we are recording this audio always in post production. We put up the entire thing, so it sounds crispy. It sounds clear. Producer Caitlin always has our back. Always got us. So if there's any glitches there, hopefully for the most part you can see everything that's happening, but it's there. Um, trivia time. Close Let's do eyes. It. You don't have to close your eyes this okay. time. You actually have Should to hold I your breath. the Jeopardy theme. Hold my breath. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is producer trivia. It's going to oh, be God. very simple. I'm going to name you a producer. You are going to tell me what they have here at the fest. Super simple. Everybody loves producers. There are two options for this first one right here. I need you to tell me the two movies produced by Emma Stone and her husband, David. Well, one is I saw the
3: TV glow, and I'm yeah. assuming the other one is going to be a real pain
0: this man wasn't even waiting he said a tv glow and a real pain do you by any chance know their uh, company
3: is it something tree you're so close uh tell me
0: fruit tree. fruit tree there we go yeah what is the movie produced by the one and only colman domingo
3: that would be it's what's inside the big sale of sundance 17 million dollars oh,
0: yeah. and just like Dude, that I that's you, on I, top. i told me. you i don't
1: know i don't pay attention to producers let's
3: go
0: Next up, there is one little movie here that people said it sounds like it came from him, but he's like, nah, I'm just a producer here. Like Boy? Darren Aronofsky made a movie.
1: Oh shit. It's not Pre- a different not-
3: man, is it? I thought it was
0: different man. No, men. it's
1: something weird. It's not presence.
3: Dang, that's all for two. I'm
0: gonna go I know I know what chance. it is.
1: I know what it is. Um any
0: producers out in the audience?
1: No, I know what it is, and I just can't it's it's he was in the he was literally he was in the he was there. <sighs> It's not. I saw the TV glow. Is it? It's not TV glow. Ain't nobody got it.
0: Three. Is it Ponyboy? Two, one. After naming the entire lineup, no one said a little death. Oh,
1: right. Yeah. He was involved in that. So I told you. I don't know. My brain doesn't do this kind of trivia. I'm a visual person.
0: Michael Fassbender produced a movie. This is easy. up. I think I got yeah, you uh, I as uh, a picture like... hand right there. He is also in the movie, so that's a, that's a pretty easy one right there. Uh, y'all remember Carlos Lopez Estrada? He's done a I couple I do movies. remember Carlos Lopez do do? Estrada.
3: He had a hand in Didi. He was also a B camera operator. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. B camera. Can I get a <laughs> I,
1: I do, I do, <laughs> for that one? I do remember hearing when we, yeah, hearing that when we noticed it. All
0: right, if I'm not mistaken, my score should go 4-3. Uh, really? You thing.
1: didn't do the one Margot Robbie?
0: I'll cut to it. What did Margot Robbie produce? Wasn't it Mild Ass? Yeah, Wasn't I, that production? I would have laughed if you freaking got that one wrong yeah, after we asking for
1: that.
2: Was like, was Margot
0: ass? Robbie has become like a go-to producer. I mean, just yeah. looking at this, Barbie, you loved Saltburn. Yeah. I, Tanya from a couple years ago. Promising Young Woman from Promising Sundance. Promising Young Woman. And, and I believe
3: she's talked about doing less acting so she can do more producing. After getting snubbed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, she didn't get snubbed as a producer. No, she did she not, get, not get snubbed as, as a producer. producer. So
0: there you go. Yeah. She did do My Old Ass. That is her big pickup of the fest or technically brought it in. So that's another one. Lucky chap, Amanda, I think. Oh, you don't have to give that to me. I just so I no, suggested next. that one.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Zach.
0: Producer Derek France was here. And if y'all were paying attention earlier.
2: <sighs> yeah.
3: Um, shoot. This might, have, this might have just left my mind. Um... Because we were just watching it, Just said it
0: in the top ten, too.
3: Um I told them
0: there would be a pop quiz. I didn't even listen to me. Yeah, yeah. no, I did listen. It's, is it Exhibiting Forgiveness? By default, you got that one. Exhibiting <laughs> Forgiveness, one of my favorites from the fast, comes from one of the best directors who doesn't do anything. Like, what was his last movie, dude?
3: See, on France, he did that uh, Mark Ruffalo show where he was- That's
0: finished. a show. Oh, I, That's- yeah. <sighs> He made a, an incredible movie here as producer, so I'm very happy he, for that. His
3: last movie, I believe, was A Light Between Worlds, or whatever that lighthouse one was. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with, Fass with Fassbender, Fassbender and uh, Vikander.
0: Okay, she is up by by one right now, Zach. But you st- it's still anyone's game by the end of this category right yeah. here. What did Ari Aster produce?
1: You already asked that.
0: Then little you should know dip? the answer.
3: Uh, Clearly didn't say. A uh, different man.
0: Ari nope. Aster
1: produced oh, one Aster, movie. Not oh, a uh, little uh, TV glow. Nope. It's what's inside.
0: No. Doo, 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 doo. I'll just
3: throw presents out there, even though I don't think it's presents.
0: He likes showing penises in his movies. Sebastian. Oh yeah,
3: he did Sasquatch Sunset.
0: Sasquatch, Sasquatch Sunset. Right. There you go. Oh my and god, just like I did that, know that. I did tied. know
1: that one. I did know he, that one. He uh,
0: obviously worked with the zoners. He's done some good stuff. I'm gonna with be the, honest. Uh, you
1: said Ari Aster. My brain was like, we already did Aronofsky. I totally like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Antoine Fuqua produced what movie that y'all saw today? Um was he on... Um, girls Will Be Girls? No, I think no, he was on no The way. Summers, right? Damn, very close. No? no. What did no? we watch today? I it is a premiere feature today. film. Actually, I think you guys saw it yesterday, my bad. Actually, I thought it was today. Uh, Y'all saw this at some point in time. Oh, uh, was it Rob Peace, though? Oh, yeah, that was yeah. It is the oh, big name to help you yeah. tell for, for what we consider uh, probably going to be a big biopic considering it comes from a book and everything. Yeah. I, I love this one. Amanda, I hope you get it, but Zach, you better get it. Too short, the rapper produced what?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Too short, the rapper produced Freaky Tales. How do you know this? Because too short's in Freaky Tales. <laughs> it's about too short. Oh, I know. I was <laughs> very <laughs> surprised when I found that out. Well, part of it's about too short. All right.
0: If my, my calculations are correct, you guys are tied. Six. Nice. Sixes. I'm good with that. Yeah. I got two left right God here. Damn. Don't get it twisted. Yo. Okay. okay. Gonna lose. okay.
1: <laughs> I don't like this category. There is a
0: documentary that was produced by Jamie Foxx and Colin Firth.
1: Documentary Colin Firth. Um, Fox. Coup d'etat?
0: And Colin Firth. That's a good guess. It's not the guess
3: <laughs> it's here. It's the greatest night in pop. <laughs> that ch- <well>, <laughs> sounds more like it, right? Right. It
0: is oh, a song. Uh,
1: um, uh, the, the song one. Oh my God, this sucks because you're going to get it now. It's the rap one. A voice. A, a something voice. A, the, as We Speak. As We Speak.
0: Is not the okay, answer. Okay,
1: cool. Good. I'd feel really embarrassed.
3: Just give it to us.
0: Luther, never too much. Oh, uh, They're both talking heads, heads seen in it as well. One, okay. um, and they do a good little tribute to him. Final one, see if we leave. Tied at sixes. In one go. I was surprised to see this producer on this movie. Joel Edgerton. Mm, yeah. I...
1: Joel Edgerton. Whoever guesses
0: this earns it.
1: A different man? Zach? <laughs>
3: It's not that. It's it's something that doesn't yeah, it doesn't really match yeah. the Joel Edgerton vibe.
1: Is it T V glow? No?
0: <laughs> it's on the screen for people. Not for you. Don't look. <laughs> it is a documentary.
1: Oh, it's a doc. Yeah. Okay. Um, um
0: five w- four.
3: No, I was three, gonna say like Moo Guy or something until he said documentary.
0: Daughters.
1: Okay. the man oh. came in here
0: and created a masterpiece oh there. i
1: like that okay he we end with, with a tie we end we with are, a tie we are,
0: there we go we end with a tie right there as we move on to. i the was gonna say categories. there was way
1: more questions about my brain than me looking at pictures and being able to be like that this one
0: i told you i wasn't gonna have too many pictures because i figured it that was probably gonna be the most difficult one to have there but next year i promise clips There we go. I might even have some audio in there. Who knows? If they
3: release clips. (laughs)
0: At that point. All right. Let's jump into the big stuff right here. We have the lead actors. Um, Let's just get into it. We have top uh, 10 top performances of this year. And the first one comes from a little movie called Love Lies Bleeding, where I'm going to let Amanda take it away. Why Kristen Stewart as Lou deserves to be on the top spot. And I'm a boy, Sebastian.
1: Oh, we're going to you are going to let me. Okay, I'm sorry. I think that there is so much in that performance that is Kristen Stewart that works so well. Like, there's reactions that had the whole crowd just being like, that was such an authentic reaction. I do think it's a really moving performance in a lot of ways. I think she's doing a lot with the performance. Um, I think there was areas that could have been phoned in a little bit more that it wasn't. So I I needed her in this category, you know? That's why she's at the bottom. I wasn't going to fight to put her over Kieran Culkin, but, like, I wanted her in the category. Hey,
0: it's Group picks. We listen here, and I figure the bottom. We do. The bottom would have worked, you know? <laughs> I, worked. Don't <laughs> I don't think she minds
1: being honest. I don't think she minds.
0: <laughs> At number nine, we have Pony Boy themselves, River Gallo, Gallo as Pony Boy. They wrote the, the script of the short, produced that. Now, Stars wrote and just carried it away in this one. Also from New Jersey, like you were saying, Zach, Let's what go. resonated with you in River's performance? When
3: they a weren't Jersey opposite Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think they were just very authentic in the role. And I mean, it makes sense given the the situation. But, like, particularly a film like this one that is trying to be a bit more gritty, trying to be a bit more street level, I think if you don't believe that these characters have gone through these experiences or, or can. Uh, actually, speak to these types of experiences, then it just the m- whole movie falls apart. And they're surrounded by stars we know and love, but they were the thing I think that leapt out of the film the most, which is also a testament to just doing a great job in the yeah, role. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Obviously. Yeah, another one that completely embodied it. but yeah. he, we knew he was going to as the character of Terry Good. Good. Jacob, early in stress positions. I keep saying John. is. What did I say? Jacob. Jacob. John Early in... John Jacob. Uh, Jingle John Smith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was a cartoon character in this. He was a loony so tune going through, through. Zach uh, argued for him in terms of makeup because he is sweating every single time. <laughs> he's like... He's walking crooked. It's the crook.
1: physicality. Yeah. It's
3: the physicality. It's, absolutely, yeah. Because yeah, he's he's got like a back injury or like a knee issue and he's so overwhelmed and I, I think it does a great job of both... Um, sort of trying to elicit sympathy, but not being worthy of a lot of sympathy. That like,
0: r- really, the uh, observation is, how pathetic of a man yeah. Yeah, can truly. someone be?
3: Uh,
0: this next one right here, coming in at 10, 9, 8, 7, comes from the movie In the Summers. It's the character of Vicente, played by... Jesse... Okay.
1: How did Residente get back that high up the list when Residente was knocked off the list at one I think point? I
0: the words ah. might be rigged. I, <laughs> I anyway, knocked the them out. Be... Y'all didn't give me any, but I said Sasquatch. Y'all said, they're just in suits. Yeah, no, no,
1: but we had Residente off the list. So I how said, did he ta- get 10, back 9, in 8, 7? seven? Ten,
0: nine, six, five. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she should not be in there. Residente, I'm sorry. I, I try... They stopped the <laughs> count on me. Shout out, Residente. <laughs> tried to make 11 into 10, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: I tried to magic. He got four sequences in. out of his movie. He was I'm good, sorry. though. He was good, though. June Squibb. Yes. For Thelma, the one and only star of her movie in her mid-90s? 94. Oh Mid nineties, first performance she's ever been in. She's EP doing all of her own stunts. Stand-up performance. oh Favorite stunt?
3: Favorite what? Stunt? Um, uh, I'm flipping over the mattress, which we talked about. She looks clean. With walking away from the explosion. It's very Liam Neeson.
0: Next up jesse eisenberg in our number six true six spot uh for acting as david in a real pain uh, again i'm arguing for his Sasquatch role but i'll take
3: it i just think it's a role that uses the things that uh jesse eisenberg has become known for that sort of like tightly wound nature yeah. but d- doing it in a way that deepens your understanding of the character yes. and and really just uh I don't know, feels really real. Like it's not, it's not just that he's tightly wound. He has his moments where he's able to kind of like let his shoulders drop, but I, I, I found him to be incredibly believable and incredibly emotional in the film. Kind of a version of himself.
1: But that's, yeah. Sure, but yeah. it's, it's but he plays more than it well. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is more than that. Yeah.
3: For a
0: different man, we have Sebastian Stan in the role of Edward.
3: Which, yeah, he he is so convincing we didn't realize it was him for about half an hour yeah
0: I, I literally thought that they had gotten uh, Adam to do the part somehow magically got rid of his accent and or then we found yeah. out or something it, yeah. so this man is acting through all of those prosthetics and I think this is a role where you really see it in yeah. the eyes for sure oh absolutely so Sebastian stand there in our number
3: five spot no, I was just gonna say it's another one of those roles where sometimes you see actors who are like, "Oh, how it's so hard to act under all the makeup." But like, if you know what you're doing, you can do it. He also yeah. does have a physical where he walks a lot, like yes, this. Yeah, exactly yeah. until he starts getting his
0: like mm-hmm. charisma. But yeah, that was the other there. thing too because I was
1: like, he's taller now, but yeah. it's because he wasn't doing this go. anymore. You know.
0: Speaking of the schlumps out there, Jason freaking <laughs> Schwartzman yeah. has been in Between the Temples. I mean, the man's got it all. He had a fantastic year last year. He's and on now. an incredible run. He he's on a run through and through, and I think he gives a really good performance here. Um, also really helped and complimented by its cinematography, who mm-hmm. I know is a now-turned
3: director who you really Sean enjoyed. Price-Williams, absolutely. Shot in 16 Ooh. millimeter. It's beautifully done. Um, just to
0: capture like these, yeah. these little
3: moments mm-hmm. in these very tight places,
0: I think that really helps out.
3: Yeah. I, I wanted to bring it up for, for editing and cinematography. I just feel like I wouldn't have... I didn't feel like I would have a lot
0: of support. You got to argue for yeah. it, but the, hey, there it is. There, there, there it is goes. right Now there. you got it. Now you know. Now you I got, got in. it in. Yeah. Um we got our top 3 right here for I Saw the TV Glow the character of Owen played by Justice Smith.
1: It, it, it's so good it, it, like again that's another one there's a physicality to the role just a way he's talking that's all like kind of withdrawn on himself that he almost doesn't have the confidence to say words out loud properly the
3: performance reminded me a lot of walking phoenix and bonus afraid because yes. they both oh. in in certain aspects feel like hollowed out shells of humans yes.
1: there's actually a line that like kind of alludes to yeah. that that feeling that way exactly. which is a very poignant line and it's kind of delivered in such a casual way that it's kind of scary but like yeah. It it hits, it hits. Like yeah. so much of this movie hits and so much of that is because of how Owen is playing the role. Justice. Um, Justice, sorry. Justice is playing the role of Owen. Same person, you know, but it's just <laughs> really, really, really incredible performance there uh, that carries so much of the movie as you're kind of locked in with him the entire time. Had Maybe another movie the where
0: time. the interviews weren't great and yeah. almost gave a uh, America Ferrara Barbie speech, but bit. he was great in this yeah. one, especially that party scene. Top two. I'm going all in at number two excuse me, exhibiting, for, it's me I was going to say you're gassy. Andre you're so Holland as the character of Terrell in Exhibiting Forgiveness is a powerful performance that really has him going through just, I don't even know how much history for the man. Um, being able to play not only uh, among some greats in, in the supportings for uh, who plays his parents, but even interacting with his younger self through his art. Andre Holland as Terrell one of the best performances of the festival. Yeah.
3: One of those dudes who brings so much pathos to pretty much any role that he inhabits, but this one in particular, you really need to have that dramatic heft to bring in that, that sense that this is a person with history, a person who, who's carrying different traumas into this moment that we're watching, and he's incredible in the film.
0: So, our number two goes to Andre Holland, and somehow, this little bugger, this little rat, just won our hearts again. Kieran Culkin as Benji, in a real pain, stole it, Just stole it. Got the Emmy. Another classic,
1: screw you, Pedro. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) It's
0: just him, honestly, in all the roles that he's in. He's wearing all of the, 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 what's it called, the wristbands that he wears and everything else, but yet he's able to just maneuver being serious and then just finding these, like, almost nonchalant moments. There's no way that they wrote it, but then it almost like leads to another point where it's just like, how did he do it so fluidly Mm -hmm. to interact with these characters that leads to the next plot point. And then you hear how they worked on it and how he was just impromptu. It was all impromptu for him when he appeared filming on location and all this i I can't imagine the stress on jesse i think he almost stressed jesse out the way that the cousin would have
3: stressed him out yeah there's some better quality to that for sure but uh culkin is so good he's so loose and mercurial and it's got a bit of that roman roy energy but it it has more heart to it too it's an incredible performance he's so so watchable
0: so our number one performance of this year Karen culkin on a full run easy
1: pick
3: All right, we're down to our final two categories. Zach, take it away with the best directors. Let's run through them. Uh, Number five on our list. I know you wanted to give that shout out to Titus Kaffar, the feature directorial debut. Uh, And yeah, Exhibiting Forgiveness. I mean, it's a really uh, thoughtfully made film for sure. Uh, above them, we got Nathan Zellner and David Zellner, the the brothers who brought us Sasquatch Sunset. It is such a peculiar film and such a, yeah. a unique endeavor that I feel like it's worth giving them this slot in director because there's like so little to emulate to have made this. Right. Like Absolutely. It, so much of it has to just come originate from your brain um and th- that they were able to pull off a feature length version of of whatever this is yeah. is an achievement all of its own truly so, uh we got Sean Wong the uh, other feature directorial debut As here that we're be. celebrating Didi an incredible coming of age story that just is firmly planted in 2008 in a way that just like all of these memories uh, rushing up. It's so well done, but also just really captures the um, awkwardness and, and conflicted nature of going through the coming of age. Future Oscar
1: winner baby. Let's go. Let's go.
3: Uh, we did want to give another shout out to Jesse Eisenberg for A Real Pain because it is one of the best films that we saw here and it, I think he does such an incredible job of handling it all, uh, but we gave him the screenwriting category. We're giving someone else the director category. Felisa. So. Uh Jane Schoenbrunn for I Saw the TV Glow. Just such a um, complete thought in a lot of yes. ways. Such a dense text. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one of those films that you, you see and you can't help but reckon with the vision like it's such a clear voice coming through
1: yeah no yeah there's no no denying that so that's why we have to give it the nod to director in my opinion because it it is just the direction that keeps it all together so effectively and then so so exciting to to have caught it here
0: those are our best directors and now we wrap it up with intercuts best sundance movie uh we appreciate everyone who's in the chat we saw celluloid Somebody was talking about <laughs> being their favorite. <laughs> Hoping they get distributor. The uh, Wiley, shout out Wiley, talking about how they love kneecap and Thelma. Jose talking about Sujo. Just a lot of really good picks out there. So let's talk about what our top five are. I'm going to give the three. We'll go two. And Amanda names one. Amanda should probably mention this one. It's What's Inside making our top five of the festival. If there's a movie that's going to come out and do a big splash, it's going to be this one, and you are guaranteed to get it because it's going to be playing on Netflix. It's going to kill on Netflix. Which is depressing. But y'all need to see it in theaters. If they market it
1: well. If they market it well. Look at all the stuff that they spend a bunch of money on that they don't market.
0: This should be this year's Talk To Me, and hopefully y'all do your part and go out and see it.
1: Go see it. Well... Sit home and see it. Or stay home and see it. And
0: number four, it's coming from A24 and probably is the movie of the fest. Everyone was out here in line in the wait list. It was Mm -hmm. selling out like crazy. I saw the TV glow. Y'all yeah, were mentioning that this is going to be the movie that defines this year as it's Donnie Darko, yep. as the the one that people are like, this is the one that did something different. Yep. We got something new from here, and it's going to influence so many other
3: filmmakers mm-hmm. to come. Yeah. These are reverse alphabetical order, we should point out, because our number one is not our number one favorite of
1: the best. Yeah, yeah. We aren't yeah. doing
0: this in alphabetical. Reverse oh. alphabetical, now. Okay. That makes so much more sense, then. <laughs> I was going to say, I should have.
1: All yeah. right. Uh, Whoopsie.
0: Uh, I will take... I'm just going to continue with that. (laughs) Didi is another one in reverse alphabetical order uh, that we think also really spoke for the festival in terms of uh, it being in the U.S. competition, the way that it was able to reflect back on the early 2000s. A lot of movies in the 90s and 2000s, Didi did it.
3: Beautifully, Yeah. I mean, if you look at the films that we've selected here, st- something like I Saw the TV Glow is coming from Jane Schoenbrunn, who's previously been at Sundance. Uh, it's What's Inside is like this exciting horror debut. But I think the thing that Sundance is perhaps best known for are these but filmmakers, these filmmakers who are making very personal films as their debut and and that being like a launching point. And to me, even if it isn't necessarily the number one film of Sundance, this is like the Sundance movie of 2024. It's That's either this fair. or yeah, I no, saw I the TV glow. Yep. It's either that or what you're saying next, which is um, a real pain coming from uh, Jesse Eisenberg, which we keep talking about because it's worthy in Two so many categories. Two-time award winner, just so you know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, uh, we, we all really love the film. You'll hear more. hear more, you can hear more about it in our review or yep. when we publish that top 10 of Sundance video. Uh, and yeah I mean it's an incredible film personally like the only reason why I would maybe not uh, have gone with it in the US dramatic category is because it is Jesse Eisenberg who comes in uh, having, having that, made a yeah. film having the connection, being friends yeah. with Emma Stone like For a, sure. a real pain is a little bit different than Didi even if I maybe at the end of the day like to real pain more and I'm glad we have it in our top five here uh, but first, alphabetically.
1: First alphabetically, I will just say a real pain. I know you see somebody like Jesse Eisenberg, and you want to say they only got it because of who they are. No, we've seen movies like that come out in the last little bit. Right, Pool right. Man is that movie? Don't watch <laughs> it. This was a really good movie, and it deserves to exist, and it deserves, it deserves what it got. Yeah. yeah, it deserves to be here at this festival. But uh, in our first alphabetical of the fest, we decided to go with a different man because yeah. it did kind of wrap up so many of our categories as we were going. It got mentioned a lot. There is a lot going for this movie. It has a lot of strengths, and I think it's really smart. Uh, we've. See- I saw some comments saying that there was nothing really going on underneath the surface. There cannot be anything Keep further that from shit the truth. On TikTok, literally, there is something going it's like on going beneath into the a surface. Cemetery saying and, there's nothing underground. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's like physically and literally, and you know, metaphorically, there is so much going on underneath. So it is a really strong movie. It's really f- smart. It's also very funny with how it handles it uh, when it kind of. It amps up, I guess, when it amps up in certain areas towards the end. So yeah, it is the most
0: A twenty four neon A twenty four movie that there is out there. Out there. Yeah. So going in order, because of course I did it, you know, to to reverse facilitate business. it. Yeah. We had in no particular order our top five biggest movies out of Sundance: A Different Man, A Real Pain, D D, Zach.
3: I saw the TV glow.
1: It's What's Inside. There we go. All of the
0: movies and all of the categories and still a top 10 and then still a whole recap. So many more stuff dealing with the Sundance Film Festival to still talk with with you guys. But we have a screening to catch right now. Mm -hmm. So after covering all of these categories, you can catch more from me over at LME Movies on Twitter, on Facebook, all that good stuff. Or every week here on the Intercut Podcast where you can also find...
3: At Z or I also do stuff at Multiplex Show. And occasionally we're joined by...
1: Amanda the Jedi, which is where you can find me on all sorts of social medias. Amanda the Jedi.
3: You can find us every week here
0: on the Intercut Podcast where we talk movies, all this and stuff, all that good things. You know, just hit us up on social media. Hit us up down below. But before we go, it's a tie. I need to know... Guys, what's the number one movie in the 40 years of Sundance? Go.
3: Uh, it was Whiplash. Thank you so As much. As voted on by critics. As voted
0: on. in by me. I have Whiplash. it right here. It is real.
1: It's my number one. It is
0: solidified. <laughs> number one. Number Whiplash, one. Whiplash, baby. That's all you need to know. Yeah.
1: There you so go. for
0: So uh, to another 40 years. We'll see you then.
1: Woo.
0: Take care.